Appreciate the good singing this morning. And, uh, uh, appreciate you, Brother Kip. Kip's uh, been faithful. Help us lead singing for us the last, I can't even remember how long it's been. Uh, but uh, <coughs> thankful for him. And uh, thankful for all of you that keep coming, keep supporting service. Just keep on coming. It's the only thing I can tell you. Uh, you know, I, I know that everybody gets disheartened and gets discouraged. And that doesn't exclude myself. Uh, we, long, we long for... Um, we long for things the way they used to be. I know that. And, uh, I'm thankful. God's remnant that just keeps coming. Yeah. Uh, we want to encourage you just to keep coming. We've uh, uh, First John chapter five. If you want to turn your Bibles, uh, I actually told you to turn to First John chapter four last week. And I told you last week I was going to preach that this week, but that changed this week, so we're going to chapter five. Uh, but we'll probably uh, tie back in with John chapter three just a little bit as well. But while you're turning the scripture. Uh, uh, I read an article the other day that that, uh, that said that fifty percent of the church has stopped going to church, and it took twelve weeks to do it. Uh, all the studies that have been performed by either in-person attendance or online attendance have dropped by fifty percent in twelve weeks. And uh, I want to encourage you, please. Please, uh, you know the Bible tells us in uh, Hebrews in the tenth chapter, said, "Forsake not the assembling thyself together, as the manner of some is." Yeah. And uh, God wants us to come together in fellowship. Uh, and I know that we could do this a different way. Y'all could stay at home, I could stay at home, and we could still have service. But uh, even if I have to look at you through a car window, I just want to see you. Amen. So. We would uh, encourage you uh, to come, uh, even though it, it may be distant and different. Uh, we need this fellowship one with another. Uh, we need to show the Lord that we are committed. And uh, but you pray for us this morning. <coughs> uh, it's a familiar uh, passage of scripture. I'm going to read several verses. I'm going to read uh, 1 John chapter number 5, the first 15 verses. Uh, <clears throat> and I know that's a lot of reading, but the scripture reads in verse number 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat, uh, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. <clears throat> well, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh of the world, but that he uh, that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is true. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. There are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we 
receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness of in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. <clears throat> he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth what's, that hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the, uh, the petitions that we desired of Him. And if we want to uh, uh, focus on a verse here for just a few minutes, I want to look at verse number 7. Uh, the Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And we see here that the Apostle John, as he writes to us uh, in the epistle of John, and we can see that, uh, you know, if we go back to the Gospel of John, he, reached, he, he preaches to us and he writes to us in the Gospel of John about how to be saved. And then we go to the epistle of John, and he tells us how we can know that we are saved. And so, friends, listen, there uh, there we can have, you know, as we see in the epistle of John, we can gather from the book of John that we can have assurance. And uh, people, and I preached on this several times uh, since we've been out of the church, on the assurance of salvation, because, friends, listen, I believe that uh, and I alluded to this earlier before the message, but it, as we've come into a time where people are not coming uh, to the church anymore, and I know that some people, uh, uh, for their own health and safety, they had rather watch online, and I understand that, and thank God that we have this provision and technology to do those things, and I'm not being a discouragement to those because I know that there's some that just can't, I, and I realize that. But friends, listen. Uh, and, and we we see in this. I'm reminded one of my pastors, uh, Brother Cecil Reeves, said this 20 years ago. He said, uh, "You know, if you take one stick in the hands of one man, it's easily broken. But if you take a bundle of sticks and you attempt to break it, it's a, a hard." accomplished task. And I want to say this, friends, this morning. This is where we draw our strength is in fellowship of numbers. And when we come together, friends, even though it's on a different circumstance and it's a different form, when we come together, we can we can enjoy each other's fellowship, uh, although it be different and from afar. But friends, listen, a bundle of sticks is not as easily broken as a single. And friends, today, listen, uh, as we see, and I, I'm, this is why I want to preach on assurity this morning. Uh, because, listen, in these last 12 to 16 weeks, we've seen an escalation uh, in depression. We've seen a, 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 the rise and escalation of uh, domestic violence. We've seen a rise and escalation of, of suicides. Uh, and all this is culminating from the facts that people are not assured. And, and I've said this, uh, listen, a tremendous number of times. The church has done... 
a fantastic job at evangelizing the world and telling them that they need to be saved. But where we have uh, where we have faltered and where we have fallen is we've not taken those that are saved and discipled them in the Word of God. Friends, if we are that are saved, if we never grow in grace and knowledge, listen, I preach this a number of times, there's a lot of people talk about, listen, that they can go back to Bethel. And I want you to hear me in context this morning. I'm glad that I have a Bethel. I'm glad that I have a place, a singular point and place and time in history. Listen, at Beulah Baptist Church as an eight-year-old boy, I can go back to that day where I was saved by the grace of God. Thankful that I have that place. Thankful that I have that experience. Uh, But friends, listen, the Bible tells us to grow in grace and knowledge, to work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Uh, And these verses and these passages are here to encourage us uh, that it's not just living in the day that we got saved, but it is moving and advancing the process of sanctification, growing, experiencing growing and expanding our faith. And the only way we can do that, friends, listen, we've got to study the Word of God. If we don't study the Word of God, we'll never grow. Uh, Friends, listen, uh, we're making uh, objective and subjective decisions in this day and time uh, in which we live in. Uh, Friends, listen, and we don't have the, 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 the basis and the foundation of the Word of God that is required. The Bible tells us this, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, uh, the Lord knoweth them that are His. Uh, uh, listen, the Bible tells us then, uh, He said, let, Therefore let every man put away the iniquity that is within himself. Uh, friends, and they listen, we've got to open ourselves up. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needs not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth yeah. friends listen I'm going to get to the message in just a minute but friends we have we have got to grow beyond the day that we were saved Paul wrote to us that's essentially what the fifth fourth and fifth chapter and the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews is attesting to is us moving forward amen yeah. listen he said I he said We've, at some point, Paul addresses this. He said, at some point, we've got to move past the elementary and the beggar points. We've got to move past these things. And friends, listen, I'm telling you, I'm glad that as we ascend up Jacob's ladder toward heaven, I'm glad that the ground kip is a lot further away than it once was. I, hey, when I stepped on the ladder, was uh, that is my Bethel. That's when I surrendered and submitted my life unto Christ. But if we've never made our ascension in this life, friends, God doesn't want us to stand still in one place. I'm glad that there's a lot of rungs up the ladder. I've had a lot of encounters and experiences with my Savior. Friends, I am profoundly grateful that I have a Bethel. For without a Bethel, I would have nothing. But I'm glad that Bethel is a long way away. Amen. Amen. Uh, Friends, listen, but I'm telling you something. If we don't exercise our faith, if we don't attempt to grow in grace and knowledge, we'll never have these encounters and these experiences whereby we can grow. Hey, the Bible tells us, uh, listen, he said, he said, I'm going to give you meat, amen, 
He said it's time to move off the milk of the word and on to the meat. Friends, listen. (laughs) And I've told young uh, preachers and pastors this, and this took me a long time to understand. Uh, Pastoring a church is not preaching a revival every Sunday morning. You see, when you're not pastoring, you can bounce in and out. And uh, but listen, that is the burden of a pastor. Uh, listen, the burden of a pastor is to grow the fellowship. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, do we still have a primary central focus on seeing people saved? Yes, absolutely. That is first and foremost. But friends, listen, we need not throw the rest of the sheep away. You see, God has called us as pastors. Listen, to teach the church, amen, to admonish, to exhort with all long-suffering. Friends, listen, I want to see you grow in the doctrines and the grace of God. Friends, listen, there's a lot of people who say, well, I didn't come to church to hear that. But what are, then what are we coming to church for? We need to want to grow in the Word of God. Friends, listen, but we get to a place over here, uh, and I want to preach on this just briefly uh, this morning. Now, the Bible tells us that, uh, like I said, the epistle of John is the assurance uh, of what he wrote to us in the gospel of John. In the gospel of John, he gives us specific instructions that we must be born again. He gives us instructions how we are to be born again. Listen, Nicodemus, when he came to Jesus, uh, listen, he said, what must a, uh, or the rich young ruler, he came, he said, what must a, a man do to inherit eternal life? Nicodemus came to him and he said, how? Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. There is a place and point in time. Uh, you see, the rich young ruler, he said, what must I do? He, he thought, he had the perception that there was something he could buy, that he could pay, or that he could offer. But Nicodemus come to a different conclusion, Eric. Uh, Francis, he didn't ask him. He didn't ask Jesus, "What can I give you?" He said, "How can I be saved?" You see, friends, listen, when you stop asking what and start asking how, amen, uh, friends, listen, you see that propagates into the church as far as discipleship, how we serve, how we love, friends, listen, it's not what we can give, it's how we can give, amen. God wants us, He wants full surrender of us. Now listen, we get over there and like I said, the Gospel of John, it lays the premise, it lays the basis. How can a man be born again? Well, Jesus explicitly explains those things. He tells us, He walks us through the atoning death of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us all the principal elementary details and all the fundamentals that we need whereby to inherit eternal life. And now the Bible tells us after that we have eternal life, then the Scripture tells us you need to have blessed assurance of your eternal life. But friends, listen. This, this is the point where people are violated and people are corrupted because they live a vast majority of their adult Christian life in doubt and in fear. They don't know if they're saved. Friends, listen to me. I, I want to say this. Right now, 
You know, there's both sides to fence of this. Listen, I preach this, the very first message that, this, that the coronavirus or COVID-19, this is the message I preach, and you go back and listen to it in March, in 1 Timothy. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us a, a sound mind, power and love and a sound mind. Uh, friends, listen, I, I'm telling you something, friends, today. Listen, we shouldn't live in fear, but we should live in respect. I, I want to tell you something today. There's a lot of people, uh, they say, well, this virus is not real. It absolutely is real. And listen, it doesn't matter. If, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of things in this world that are just true. Uh, listen, I've said this from the Word of God. It doesn't, uh, the Word of God says it, and it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It doesn't change the truth value of it. But see, friends, listen, and I, and I want to say this. And listen, we, we have engaged on the battle of what's true or not at the sacrifice of the gospel. God has given us, the church, a stage, a platform, and a format whereby we can probably reach the most people that the church as a whole has ever reached in the history of time. But we're so wrapped up, listen, in disagreeing with one another that we can't focus on the cause of Christ. Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. Is it real? Yes, it's real. It don't matter if you believe it is or not. Amen. <laughs> the safety protocols, what we should or what we shouldn't do. I, listen, I see pastors crucified for going in the church. I see them crucified for going out of the church. I see them crucified for having service or for not having service. Yeah. Let me tell you a little something about leadership. If you're going to serve in the capacity of leadership, you are not going to make people happy. Amen. Yeah. I, friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people say, well, I, I want to serve in the capacity of leadership, but I don't want to make any decisions. Well, all you're just basically telling me is you don't want to lead anything. Yeah. I, friends, listen, because with leadership, it requires responsibility. Yeah. And with responsibility, we must encroach it and approach these things through prayer. Amen, friends, listen. And the only thing that we can do, I, listen, and I, listen, I want to be honest with you. It, it concerns me and it bothers me lots of times when people say, well, the Lord told me to tell you this. I know what the Lord told me, but if the Lord wants you to know, I believe He'll tell you. I don't believe the Lord will tell me what He wants you to know, Wayne. I believe He'll tell you. I believe that that's about... That, that that is born out in Acts chapter 2 when the Bible said uh, that there was cloven tongues of fire fell upon them. Uh, listen, at the Bible, you know that word cloven right there means dissension of one branching into many. That is the benefit of the New Testament saved believer. Amen. That is the benefit of the church. Friends, listen, hey, we are indwelt with the Spirit of God. And it's a multifaceted tongue. Now listen, and it goes out and it branches and descends from one into many. My friends, listen, you have the same access I have. Amen. If you desire to use it. Now listen, I'm going to get into this. <clears throat> People uh, need to reach the conclusion on their own heart that they know that they are saved. Yeah. The Bible tells us, listen, it gives us the language of friends, listen, uh, in the scripture, he wants us to have this assurance. Because if we are the redeemed people of God, if we don't have assurance, then we cannot work. And if we can't work, we are, listen, we are useless to the kingdom of God. I didn't say you were useless, period. I just said you were useless to the kingdom. Because you can't 
work because you're so sown in doubt. So the Bible says, listen, I love these passages of Scripture. Verse number 5, or, or, or excuse me, chapter number 5. The Bible says, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth uh, uh, him also that is begotten of God. You've heard me preach this before. Uh, friends, listen, and I want to explain this a little bit better. There was a man one time, he, he was lost and he went up to the altar. A good loving soul came up beside him and he said, Brother, I never got saved until I held on. Another brother come up beside him and he said, Brother, I never got saved until I let go. Another good loving brother come up behind him and he said, I never got saved until I saw the light. The pastor stepped in I listened and prayed with the man and prayed with the man. The man finally stood up and he said, Preacher, listen, he said, me trying to hang on and let go and look for the light, I barely got it. Amen. You see, friends, listen to me. I don't have a problem with people praying with somebody. Amen. But when you interject your own emotional experience into something and you deviate from the Word of God is when it becomes problematic. Amen. You may have had to hold on. Somebody else may have had to let go. Somebody else may have saw something else. Hey, but that is not biblically based. Amen. He said, believe, believe, believe. What are the parameters? Believe. And you shall receive. Friends, listen. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Listen, the Bible bears witness in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. In verse 13 he says this, for whosoever listen, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, listen, being saved is not set on my own stipulations. It's not on hanging on and letting go and what you see. It is conforming and meeting the terms of God's command. Believe. The Bible says, listen, when a, when, a, when a child, when a person reaches that place in their life, when, they, when the Word of God comes alive, and conviction finishes in an individual and they realize that they are guilty before God. You see, friends, listen, when a person becomes lost is when they stop caring about their relationship with man and start caring about their relationship with God. When a person realizes their state and their condition, they must come to a place and point in time in their life my friends, listen to me. You have to surrender. And the Bible tells us that we must meet Him on His terms. What are His terms? With a broken and a contrite spirit. Yeah. What will break the human spirit, friends, listen to me. I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about a George Jones song. I'm not talking about you crying, thinking about who's going to fill Grandpa's shoes. I'm talking about the revelation of the Word of God. When He who made the sun to rise this morning, when He speaks thunderously to your soul, 
preacher said one time, they asked him the question, they said, have you heard God in, a, in an audible voice? He said, no, what I heard was louder than that. <laughs> Friends, listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. When the God that stirs all the foundations, when He moves upon your soul, it's it's far greater than any audible or audible voice. Friends, listen. Hey, I'm telling you something. It is a thunderous explosion within the, the heart of a man, and they realize their certainty without the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, listen. We must realize. We must understand, and you know, listen to me, I will say this too. I'm just going to preach it all. I got you captive anyway, amen. Hi, friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, there's a lot of people say, listen, they live to be 80 and 90 years old. They say, well, I've never been convicted. That's a lie. It's just a lie. Preacher, you saying you don't believe them? I'm saying absolutely, emphatically. Write it down, record it. This day, amen, August the 9th, I said it. I friends, listen to me. I'm telling you something. The Bible tells us that you are without excuse. He said the day, Acts 17, you go read it. He said the days of ignorance have passed. And God hath commanded all men everywhere, therefore, to repent. He said there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must, must be saved. Friends, listen. If we really, and listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to preach on this for a minute now. Listen, I believe the expediency of the church is vacated in these days and times which we live in. Listen, the expediency of the church is gone because we're waiting on God. But He said 2,000 years ago, as He hung upon the cross, He said, It is finished. And when He finished it, he said, now the great commission of the church is go ye out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Yeah. And my house may be filled. He said, preach to them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is the great commission of the church. But we've lost the expediency. We put all the blame back on God. Yeah. We've let doctrines of men reshape what we think is right. <laughs> we listen to the doctrines of men over the words of Christ. He said this. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, the Lagos, my word shall never pass away. John 1 and 1, he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In verse 14, he said, and the word became flesh and dwelt. I will stop right there and say this. That word dwelt. Is the same in the Greek. If you translate it back to the Hebrew, listen, it means to be tabernacled. Amen. To be tabernacled. All the types and shadows and figures of the Old Testament tabernacle were fulfilled in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He tabernacled Himself among us. 
We don't have to make a sacrificial Pascal lamb offering. I don't get forgiveness of my sins by going to my pastor. I have immediate access to the throne of grace. The Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Well, I'm glad, friends, listen to me. Listen, we have, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that we have a high priest who has overcome these things and he forever yet lives. We can have intercession with him. Friends, listen, but we, listen, if we ever access uh, or exercise any of those benefits that God has provided us, we have got to have assurance. I want you to go home and give you homework. Amen. I wish I could take it up and grade it and check it. Amen. I, I really do. I, re- I'm, I ain't kidding. Friends, listen. Because, uh, listen, there's no accountability. And when there's no accountability, there's no expediency. Friends, listen, I'm glad that God has privileged me. I, listen, uh, in the secular world, God has given me a great, uh, a great job. Listen. <laughs> And the people that work under me, friends, listen, I require of them status reports. Every Friday morning when I open my email, I expect a good, bad, and ugly report on everything that they're working on. I expect a GBU. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. But we as the church today, friends, listen, we don't require anything of each other. And because we don't require anything of each other, accountability is no longer necessary. And when there's no accountability, there's no expediency. What are you talking about, preacher? If nobody's watching, nobody's doing anything. That's exactly what I mean. There's nobody watch me do this. If there ain't nobody to watch me do this, then I ain't going to do it. You see, the first problem is you're doing that for man. You're not doing it for God. Because if you're doing it for God, the Bible says... Hey, listen, I believe I read this to you last week. He said, if you fast, fast in secret. Wash yourself. Make yourself, uh, uh, listen, make yourself to appear as you are not doing anything yet. Now listen, because he said, he that abideth secretly shall be rewarded openly. Friends, listen. I'm telling you something, we as the church, we've got to get assured. So listen, when we get assured, then we'll be accountable. And when there's accountability, there'll be expediency. Friends, today, listen to me. Listen, I can see the signs of the time. And we need to understand this. There's two ways to look at this. On one hand, we can see everything that is going wrong. We can talk about how vile and corrupt this country is, how, how how abominable this world is, how prevalent and prominent sin is. We can worry about our children. We can worry about our grandchildren. We can try and control things that are uncontrollable to us. Or we could read the Word of God. Preacher, what are you talking about? Listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. I know things are bad. 
without question, they're awful. But you know, you know what I'm looking forward to? He said that the day of the Lord will not take you and capture you away as a thief in the night. That's what he told the redeemed born-again children of God. See, the the born-again children of God, you need to focus on the positive aspect of all the negativity in this world. What is the positive preaching? He said you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, of violence, of pestilence. It shall prevail and shall abound. He said, you'll see all these things. Listen, but he said, when you see all these things, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Friends, listen to me. Listen, we can be so caught up in all the negativity that we forget that these things must come to pass. Go read 2 Thessalonians. He said, for the day of the Lord is at hand. He said, for that day shall not come unless the son of perdition be manifest and exalt himself above all that is called holy. You go read it, friends. Listen to me. Now listen, there's a lot of us today. Listen, we uh, we differ doctrinally on what happens thereafter. But listen, and I'm not here to preach on our differences this morning. I'll let somebody else preach on our differences. Where I will bring us all back together is this. We reach common ground on this one fact. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for the redeemed of God. We can take hope, joy, and pleasure in knowing I pray and listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. There are so many things in this world that we can't control, that we have no power, that we cannot execute any authority. I, listen, I believe that we today, as we are living in the tribulation, present toward the great tribulation, as we are living today, friends, listen to me, we are no different than the children of Israel were when they were locked in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. And the Bible said that finally God sent a deliverer. (laughs) Ain't that what you're looking for? Glory to God, that's what I've got my eyes set on. I don't know, friends, listen, that we're not in uh, the negotiation stage now. What are you talking about? Listen to me. Hey, Moses, the mediator, negotiated with the world ten different times when he negotiated with Pharaoh. I don't know that we're not in that phase now. I believe we are. And I'm not here to preach in the pulpit about what I believe. But, friends, listen, I believe we're in the negotiation phase now. Listen, and that thing come to a head, didn't it? God told Moses, he said, Moses, saddle up, go back to the king's house the last time. He said, tell him, take a lamb, a ewe lamb of the first year, without spot, 
without blemish. And take the blood of that lamb after you kill it and place it upon the upper, uh, listen, the lintel and the two side posts of the door. He said, for the angel is coming through. Now, there's a lot of people, uh, listen, they say, well, this is talking about death, and I can see that. But you've heard me preach on Matthew 13. The Bible said that the angel's coming through, and those that don't have the blood applied will be killed. You remember what Jesus said about the angels? Listen to me, there's a lot of people today, they... Uh, listen, they've got to read all these books to be able to understand the, the eschatological end of the church. But friends, listen to me. We get caught up in whether you are a historic pre-mill, a dispensationalist, an amillennialist. Uh, what are you? Where do you stand? We argue about it. You know, the basic principle of hermeneutics, what is hermeneutics, preacher? Hermeneutics is understanding the Word of God. And the basic principle of understanding the Word of God is when there's an unclear text or an unclear passage, you are to interpret it in light of the clear passage. Who's, listen to me, I, I listen, I, maybe I'm just a, but when I think about clarity in the text, I believe the clearest that you can get is the words of Christ. And he tells us this in Matthew 13. He said that there was a field. A man had a field. And in the field he sowed good seed. And the Bible says at midnight hour the, 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 the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. Francis, and the Bible says, listen, and, and when, when, when the wheat began to flower and when it was sprung up is what the Bible says. The workers in the field went back to the goodman of the field. He said, would you have us to go and bind up the tares? He said, no. Let them both grow together until the time of the harvest. He said, at the time of the harvest, he said, I'll send the reapers in. I listen, that they may bind the bundles to be burned. He said, I'll gather my wheat into my barn. And Jesus said, this is the explanation of the parable. He said, the man who owns the field is God. The field is the world. He said, the good seed is the gospel. And he said, the tares are the seed of the wicked one. Listen, he said, the harvest is the end of the world. Amen. Listen, he said, the reapers are the angels. You see, I believe we're in the last stanza. Moses met with Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, if you don't put the blood on the doorpost, when the angel comes by, he'll take your firstborn. But you see, Francis, and this is what we fail to think about most often. Francis, and I believe Moses was knocking on every door. Have you got your lamb? Amen. Have you got your lamb? As he walked through the little town of Goshen. 
You see, that's the expediency the church needs. Have you got the lamb? People are too worried about Pharaoh. People are too worried about this world. And they forgot the king whom they serve. Friends, listen. We've got to have some assurance. Listen. I, I believe I preached about an hour and I ain't got to this yet. Now listen, the Bible says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Friends, listen. We have got to reach a place where the faith bears witness. Amen. Where our faith bears witness, where the Spirit bears witness. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. My wife makes, uh, listen, a wonderful blueberry pie. My grandma grows blueberries and uh, she hounds us to come pick them all the time. Everybody in the community will come pick them. Mandy picked uh, about a gallon of, of blueberries a couple weeks ago and she makes, uh, it's very easy, but it's got graham cracker crust, cream cheese and whipped cream with fresh blueberries in it. I'm telling you, I eat the whole thing in one second. I love it. You see, friends, listen, why am I talking about a pie? Because we can set that pie down in front of me and Eric can say that pie don't exist. Yeah. Kip can say that pie ain't no good. Yeah. But after I've eaten the whole pie, Eric, I've got witness in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I've got my own testimony. Yeah. I know where it is. I know what it tastes like and I know how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> you see... People are so confused because they don't have a witness of themselves. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Friends, listen, when you taste and you see and your eyes are enlightened, friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody in the world can testify against that blueberry pie. Amen. I'm telling you, I can eat it three meals a day. Everything. Listen, we can have the trackers try and tell me and convince me that blueberries don't exist. Yeah. But I have a testimony that bears witness. Yeah. You see, friends, listen, it's time that the church has a testimony that bears witness that they know about. Amen. Now listen, I don't just think it's the way. I know it's the way. How do you know? Because I passed from death on the life. How do you know? Because I love my brethren. How do you know? Because I want to see people have what I have. How do you know? Because I'm not looking at how negative and how wicked and evil and bad everything is. I'm looking at where I'm headed. Verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness with our spirit, because the Spirit is true. I want to say this in closing, and I'll be done. In the third chapter of John, Nicodemus uh, approached Christ, and he said, How? 
You heard me say this a minute ago. How can a man be born again? He said, how can a man enter yet again into his mother's womb and be born? Now the Bible tells us right here that our witness is of blood and water. Now when a child is conceived, you think about this, when the second person of the Trinity, the Emmanuel, the Lord Jesus Christ, as he was conceived in the womb of Mary, by the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells Galatians 4, 4, the Bible said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a, a man made a woman that he might redeem them that are under the law. So, friends, listen, and there was a conception transpired. The seed from above was sown into a woman. Thereby began to form a child. And an embryonic sac was formed around that child. And an umbilical cord ran to that child. There was blood and there was water. You see, every birth requires blood and water. Without it, you abort the entire pregnancy. So this little virgin-laden woman, she bore through blood and water. What did she bear? She bore the Redeemer, the Messiah of all mankind. Now you remember 33 and a half years later, he stood upon a cross. He was planted there and erected there on Golgotha's hill. He went through the seven utterances. He declared it is finished. Now, and I'm about done. I want you to pay attention to this. Hold on to this. If you ain't listening to anything else, I've said all morning, listen to this. When he would die, he had surrendered and gave up the ghost. The Bible says that there was a Roman soldier killed. It's important. There was a Roman soldier came by and took his stave. And shoved it under his filth reel. And when he did, it busted the pericardial sac. See, Jesus died of a broken heart. And he busted the pericardial sac. And the Bible tells us that forthwith came blood and water. Will you say, preacher, that's just a biological scientific demonstration of what physically happened but what you don't understand was that that was the day that the church well, the day the church was born you see the elect lady Israel she came into this world she birthed the Messiah listen and when the Messiah died he birthed the church Of which, thank God, you and I are a part. Now I want you to know. I want you to know. Because if you know, you won't be caught up. Listen to me. Things are different today than they were six or seven months ago. And I'm going to tell you something. They'll probably never, ever be the same ever again. 
And we can get caught up in that. And I do get caught up in that. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And I get by myself and I think about church and I think about revivals and I think about how much things are changed. I'm listen, man, I'll, I'll be, I, look, I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't long for what once used to be. But you know what's problematic for me? Is that half of the church don't care. They're just as happy where they are. That's sad. They're just as happy because they don't have to make a physical appearance to prove to the church and to the pastor that they're there to support them when really what they're doing, they just want to stay home so they can watch whoever they want to watch, listen to whatever they want to listen to, and listen, if that means that they get to listen to a motivational speaker and not a preacher, that's their own admission. Friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something. We've got to move to the place where we know. I'm telling you, the redeemed, born-again bride should know. And if we have the knowledge that we know that we've been saved by the grace of God, if we have that witness... I'm glad I've got a witness. The world can tell me whatever they want to tell me. They can't change what I know. Why? Because I have a witness of the Spirit. I've tasted. I know. You can say whatever you want to say. Show me whatever you want to show me. I know. That's what I want for you. I want you to know. Amen. I want you to know. Why not? I, listen, I'll say this. I thank God for being able to stand in the front porch of Timber Ridge Church. Amen. Why well, I appreciate this. Listen to me. A lot of people, uh, listen, don't be saying, well, it's too hot for the preacher. He's sweating. I, I'm going to tell you something. I told him this last Sunday. I sweat just as much inside as I do outside. It ain't hot. Amen. I love the Spirit of God. I'll do it anywhere, any place, any time. If you'll be there, I'll be there. Church, it's time that we know. It's time that we exercise. It's time that we have a witness of the Spirit. Won't keep if he will to come give us a verse of invitation, and then we got something special at the end we're going to do right here, so just hang with us for just a second. 